just like Muhammad Ali. They call me Cassius. Watch me bash this beat like a skull that you know I beef with. Why do you riff with me, the maniac psycho? Will I pull out my jammy? Get ready. Because I might go blow. How you like me now? <laughs> the Ripper will not allow you to get with Mr. Swift or Rift. Listen to my gears shift. I'm blasting. I'm blasting. Kind of like Shaft so you can say I'm shafting. Oh, anguish filled my mind. And I came up with a funky rhyme. This mama said knock you out. I'm gonna knock you out. Mama. Mama said knock you out. I'm gonna... Ah! Uh, ah! Uh, uh. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I really like that, like, Barnes & Noble poetry reading. Yeah, I For Mama said knock you out. <laughs> I really... I really just... Every single time we do this, the Continue podcast, I want somebody to, to have that experience of like being in a really bad coffee shop in 1989. <laughs> it's just the scene from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes, yes, that's exactly, in podcast that's form. exactly okay. what I want. I want I want people to have So I Married an Axe Murderer every Whoa, man. single time. Whoa, Whoa, man. man. How the hell did he get his full band on top of that woman's roof when he tries to win her back? That's a full drum kit. <laughs> I just don't understand. And like, man, that movie's got it all. It's got it's got La Paglia and La Paglia. I'm like, where are you going with <laughs> It doesn't have much more beyond okay. Anthony LaPaglia. Okay. Anyway, welcome back to the Continue Podcast, everybody. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and my lovely co-hosts are here. We host it together. We got Susan Art. Hello, Susan. I hate everything. <laughs> burn it down. <laughs> burn it all down, everybody. We're going to set it on fire. Just burn, just get the match. You know, Susan, you don't like in Sorry Mary Max Murderer when Anthony LaPaglia keeps talking to his police chief about how he wishes, like, he wants his police chief to be meaner. Yeah. He wants it to be like a cop movie. He wants it to be, because he thought his life was going to be an episode of Starsky and Hutch. And, uh, oh, God, it, it's, um, it's, the, it's the grandfather from uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Whose name is just beyond Alan me. Arkin? Alan Arkin. His his police chief is Alan Arkin, and Alan he's Arkin, like the nicest guy. Yeah, he's just he's wonderful, and his like his response is like, well, first of all, I don't answer to a commissioner, so like, <laughs> it's just just such an underrated film. It actually just, it's it's I believe, with the exception of the first Wayne's World, yeah, it's the only funny Mike Myers movie. It's yes. it's it's a genuinely funny Mike it, Myers movie. It really movie. is. It's quite yeah. good. It's not Listen, like good for a Mike Myers movie. It's a genuinely funny movie. I had a VHS tape like taped off of HBO, like homemade version of Sawyer Mary yeah. and Max Murderer, and it was my sick day movie throughout junior high. And there was a day that I like my mom leaves, I am like like sick 
like projectile vomiting actual yeah. not not like breathing on my hands so they're clammy like yeah, pretending no, like, to be sick actual sick yeah and like i'm out of bed at 5 a.m because i'm so ill Ugh. and my first act of the day is to sit on the couch and watch so i married an ex murderer <laughs> my mom like leaves for the day to go to do things and when she comes back around 4 p.m there i am on the couch watching so i married an ex murderer and she's like, I- I've been gone for 12 hours. Why are you watching So I Married an Axe Murderer? I was like, correction, watching So I Married an Axe Murderer for the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> there she goes again. Uh, that person who was wondering about his life choices is Dave Roberts. Hi, Dave. Yeah. Hi. So uh, apparently Anthony Le- Lapaglia is that his Lepaglia. name? Lapaglia. 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 He plays uh, Daphne's British boyfriend in Frasier. What? And I didn't know that until like, yeah, because for some reason my wife Kaisa has this like IMDb list of like <laughs> B list actors just memorized. Just oh, it's that person. I'm like, I don't have. How do you know this? Um, yeah, no, she's like, that's that's the guy from So I Married an Axe Murderer. I was like, but he's like a, it's like a crappy, br- what? But he's like fat and doing a bad Beatles impression. Like, that's a weird thing. That's a it weird, is a weird thing. It's a weird thing to know. And now you know it for listening he was to this a fa- He was a fat guy in that show? Anthony LaPaglia was a svelte fella. Yeah, he was. The and then uh, in Frasier, it's the season when uh, Daphne is getting married to the lawyer guy and then they end up breaking up and then they ho- she hooks up. She finally hooks up with Niles and her brother flies all the way in from England to like basically be drunk and like creepily hit on Frazier's friends. Whoa, 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 guys, we're messing this up. I forgot that Kelsey Grammer section is a backer-only perk. Oh, right, sorry. Only? To... By, <laughs> by the way, oh. I just want to make... He he, and... I believe he has a brother who also acts. They're both Australian. Lepaglia is Australian? Yes. What? Yeah. There is... It's just blown... <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> there is There is a scene... Where uh, in, in Soy Mary and Axe Murder, where Anthony Lepaglia is at Mike Myers' wedding, to spoiler warning everybody, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler warning, he does marry somebody who's who's in, in, been involved with axe murders. And at the wedding, like Anthony Lepaglia is dateless, but he's just like randomly sitting next to Mike, what is supposed to be Mike Myers' like elderly aunt. And it's this throwaway scene that has just stuck in my mind for like 25 years because she like puts her like hand on his arm and is like seductively rubbing his arm. She's like, Tony, you want to dance? And Anthony LaPaglia gets this look on his face that is not disgust. It's like it's it's not like the elderly shaming scene. He's making this face just like I'm going to do it. I'm gonna like I'm gonna do this right. I'm gonna dance with this woman, and the, the Anthony Lapaglia's expression seems to suggest that he is going to go home with this woman. <laughs> and whenever I find myself 
And this is an audio format, so nobody listening is going to see the face, but Susan and Dave will. But whenever I find myself in a situation where it's like, I'm making the choice, I'm going to eat this entire pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I make full on the Lapaglia, like, there it is. Like you got to purse your lips, act like you're sort of smelling something unsavory. Yeah, the, yep. This is a bad choice. I know that. As an intelligent adult, yes. I'm making that bad choice. Yes. It's yep. just oh, it's just always there yep. in the back of my head. That Lepaglia. So everybody has realized that this is the all Anthony Lepaglia. Podcast. It's the Anthony Lepaglia fan cast. Oh it's the Anthony my Lepaglia. god! I just it's want to apologize again for being us. <laughs> no apologies so, on this show. We're so bad at this. No, no apologies forever. Uh, all right. So we have we have a whole realm of subjects that are interconnected that we're going to discuss later. I want to get this topic out of the way right at the top. Uh, we were talking very briefly before the show started about ye old dad of war, and and Susan, you're you've beaten dad of war. No, no, because I, unlike you two, am playing on normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> how's that going? Uh, great. It's actually yeah? it's actually it's given me a better understanding of Dark Souls people. Okay. Because you will get into these fights that are extremely difficult and you need to really pay attention to the the specifics of that fight. Because I'm I'm very much the person who gets like like the one set of gear they really like, the one set of abilities they really like, and then just uses it for everything. Which yeah. you, you can't really do so much in this game. Uh, and so I'm enjoying the, the, the all right, I've, I've tried this six times in a row, but I've learned something every time, and this time it's going to work. And then defeating that particular enemy. Uh, mm. Which is, okay, multiply that by about ten, and that's the Dark Souls experience, which is bad much for me. But I, you know, I, I get the headspace that that's in. Um, I've been putting off the end of the game because there's peripheral stuff in the game to do. Mm. Uh, there's, you unlock, this is not a spoiler, uh, you unlock, uh, different realms to travel to, two of which have no pieces of the story in them whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. You can completely skip them. You don't have to, uh, it's Musfulheim and Niflheim. And they're basically just like challenges and you get sweet loot if you feel like doing them. You get the uh, dope treasures. Yeah. I, the Niflheim is, is a maze through this fog that is killing you the entire time. So it's about defeating enemies as quickly as possible. So you can All make right. it through the entire maze and back before you die. And I, I, for some reason, that challenge really speaks to me. And I've hmm. just been, I've just been doing that for like hours at a time. Just like, yeah, I did it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah. I, I always love it when you find a game that you are like, I am going to milk every last drop of everything out of this. Yes. Because it's a rare occasion. That's not, That doesn't happen for you regularly. No, no, truly it does not. Uh, like, the ravens can kiss my ass. I am not hunting down all those ravens. <laughs> no, I'm not doing any of that. I don't, I, I don't, it's just not fun for me. You know, yeah. finding finding the other things, you know, there are there are rift tears and and whatever's and all these other things to track down. That's fun to me because that yeah. comes from exploration and f- 
figuring out secrets and puzzles and blah, 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 blah. That's all great. Just like looking around to spot the freaking green raven. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, so Uncharted had that problem too with like, hey, you could play this game again and find all the artifacts. They're all just glowing dots in the ground. Yeah. No. I'm not have fun with that. I'm not. Where is Nathan Drake putting all of these gold ashtrays that he finds that he's picking up along the way? Like, I can buy that he's got a pistol and a shotgun and some grenades, but like, he doesn't have a fanny pack for all the precious he has, artifacts. He has an enormous jingling backpack. <laughs> he's got the big Jan sport on his back. As he's going through he, the forest. He stuffs him in his half tuck. He's go. got he's just that's what the half tuck is. Yeah. He's storing just, all his treasures in his little side half tuck. Uh, Dave, where are you in in your data? I platinum that business because oh, I what? I am masochistic enough to find all the ravens because it's it's low effort with a guide. And, thank you. Yeah, very with much. a guide. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I don't got time for that. Well, it, no, yeah. I, I I cranked it down to easy because again, like I was just I. You can platinum on easy. Oh yeah, there's no there are no difficulty based trophies. Respect, at all. So, yeah. Santa Monica. Yep. Nice. Uh, and once I saw that, I was like, okay, well, let's just do this. Uh, and I'm part of me is sad that I didn't stick it to normal, like didn't leave it on normal because I really enjoyed the depth of the combat. It's just a lot of, it was just taking too much time to get through things, especially near the end of the game. There's, there are some parts of that game where there are just like wave after wave of enemy and I was like in the back of my head, I'm like, man, if I was playing on normal, I probably would have noped out of this <laughs> just because it takes so, so goddamn long to get through some of these sections. But uh, but yeah, uh, I just I wish that there was a half step between easy and normal oh. because easy was way too easy, except for like the Valkyrie fights. Oh. But normal was just like like I, I wanted the depth of the combat, but I didn't want it to feel like it was taking me a thousand hours it's to get such, through. It's such a hard thing to balance. Like I, I like the only the old, well, so the game I'm going to talk about in a second does this really well. But I think that the only game that I have played in the past four or five years that nails the easy mode that isn't actually too easy is Persona Five. Yeah, mm. Persona like I in my head. What an easy mode should do is just make all, like, if it's combat-based, whether this is a role-playing game or whether it's an action game, just make all the hits take more life. Make that happen to you and the enemies. I'm not, like, I don't want the game to be a pushover. I just want my time to be respected. (laughs) I just want to be able to do these things in a, like, a, a brief period. It's why... Dark Souls always loses me. Like, Susan, you're talking about how the, that that feeling of achievement is such a part of the Dark Souls thing. Mm-hmm. Where, you, where you throw yourself against the thing and it throws you back. You throw yourself against it and yeah. it throws you back. I, 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 Dark Souls always loses me. Because, like, yeah, I know that there is, I could, if I so chose, yeah. just call all of the peoples online to come and join me and we could do a boss together and I wouldn't have to worry about that throwing, you know, my yeah. my face against a brick wall repeatedly. But I don't do that because even if I did have super fan number one Blunts 420 coming <laughs> in with his sword of light and his his 
ability to do dodge rolls while playing with a DDR mat, uh, it would still take 25 minutes to kill the boss. I don't, I don't care that much. I just, <laughs> grown-ass man who wants his, his electronic entertainments to move swiftly. See, this is why I really appreciated Doom. Yeah, because there you go. If something's ta- it gave you the ability, if you're playing on normal and you run into a boss and it's just, it's, it's taking so long and becoming so tedious that it's starting to make the game unfun, yeah. oh, crank it down to easy, <laughs> you go through yeah. it like you peanut butter, you put it back up to normal, you can go. Go about your business. See, yep. that is respectful of your time you as, as a player. That's the way I like to handle it. So the game I've been playing... So I have not played any more Dad of War since our last episode. Uh, it's been about a week and a half since we recorded. And I it's not for lack of desire. I will, I'm going to continue playing Dad of War, and you're probably going to... As Susan continues to head towards the end game, and I get back into it, we're probably going to talk about it some more. I haven't been able to do it just because the the limited amount of free time I've had to play video games in the past week and a half. I look at God of War and I feel as tired as Kratos looks when he's burying his wife. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, no, I hear so much work. Like this is this is why uh, anybody who follows me on Twitter, including Dave and Susan. We're getting all my hot takes about Batman and Robin on Saturday night. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't manage, like my my ability to engage in leisure activities went as far as ranting to my friends about how Batman and Robin is sweet, and like then playing a level of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on Switch. All of that aside. I've sunk some time into a game called Cosmic Star Heroin. Okay. Uh, Cosmic Star Heroin is a, a, a RPG by a company called Z-Boyd Games. Mm-hmm. Have either of you guys ever played anything that Z-Boyd has made? Are you familiar with I don't Z-Boyd? know. What else have they made? Yeah, uh, they, right. uh, Cthulhu Saves the World. Cthulhu Saves the World. So they've <laughs> they, made... They did the uh, the episode three and four of the Penny Arcade games too, didn't they? I always forget that they did that. I only ever think of their originals. But yes, they did the the subsequent episodes of the Penny Arcade RPGs. Susan, the way the only thing that you would probably remember these cats for is they were the first developer to make an XNA. XNA oh, wow. was yep, yep, yep. There, yeah. See, I knew this would ring a bell. Yeah. XNA for for those people lis- uh, listening, they're like, what is XNA? Before Xbox Indies or at Xbox, what is it? At Xbox uh, ID, at ID, ID ID at Xbox ID at Xbox. Before those things existed, there was XNA, which was the indie developer platform uh, on Xbox 360, and it was trash. It was a a mountain of trash. But these cats put out a is two people, uh, Robert Boyd and I can't remember the other guy's name, and I apologize. Come up with a clever version of your name that sounds like an old spaceship, like Z Boyd, and it'll stick in there. Um, I'm sorry, that that sounded shitty. I didn't mean it. <laughs> but Z Boyd Games made a game called Breath of Death Seven. Yes, that was a just straight up satire of NES RPGs that also happened to be a great NES-style RPG, like Dragon Quest. It was just dumb jokes, turn-based battles, but it also just flew. 
you could play this whole game in like about five hours. And it was it was what we were just talking about with uh, with Doom and what God of War doesn't necessarily do, where it's really, really challenging, but not so challenging that you feel like you're throwing yourself against a wall and it just constantly cooked. It just moved, 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 moved. They followed that up with a game that Dave just mentioned called Cthulhu Saves the World, which was a little bit more coherent, a little less uh, referential mm-hmm. to classic games and a little bit more serious and fleshed out. Both really good games. Back in 2013, these guys were among the crop of Kickstarter successes mm-hmm. that they they proposed something and uh, they, they got a ton of funding for it. And they were like, look, we've, we've made these parody RPGs, but we want to make a proper Chrono Trigger fantasy star style role-playing game with like limited animation cutscenes, something that looks like it's straight out of 1994. And, you know, we're going to do it. And like every great Kickstarter success, it nearly <laughs> drove them insane trying to finish it. Right. Uh, bit off way more than they could chew. And it took them uh, almost five years to finish it. Okay. Came out last year. I have been waiting because like a good person, <laughs> I have been waiting for it to come out on PlayStation Vita. The only way it should be played. They promised the Vita version in that Kickstarter, and I have waited. <laughs> waited with bated breath. Susan, this is how long ago this Kickstarter was. I didn't even work for an outlet that had Kickstarter policies oh, wow. when this happened. <laughs> right. This this was like months before you and I ever worked together at Joystick. Uh, so I've been waiting for my backer reward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I like, I, I, I became a dad and went through like four different jobs between <laughs> the announcement of this thing and now. So I've been playing this. I've finally been playing it. And A, boy, was it worth it because this just feels like the perfect Vita game. Like I can feel my Vita being like, oh, yeah, you're sending me out in a blaze of glory, my old son. This is going well. But it's also just a great, like, it is what they promised. I, it is, so many times on this show, we talk about indie developers that, that make something that wants to harken back to a classic style of game. And Dave, you always say it, they're, they're, their soul is missing, that there's some part of the spirit of these original things that developers now are trying to emulate that is not there. And this just is it. They just made a Super Nintendo RPG. And it's great. It's sci-fi setting. You you play as uh, this woman who's like a secret agent, and she discovers a nefarious plot. And like she, you you, like you do, she teams up with various uh, interesting people with all kinds of abilities, and you're in these great turn-based fights. And the reason Ooh. I wanted to bring this up at all was in the context of the games that we've been talking about, like God of War recently... Wherein, I, I don't want to tell you guys anything about the plot. I just want to recommend that you go play this game if you like classic RPGs. It's cheap as hell, especially if you have a PlayStation Plus. I think it's like seven fifty on PS4 or Vita. And it's just great. Go play it. But I, can't, I, I couldn't possibly be more impressed with the easy difficulty setting on this. Because it's that sort of... Like, that, that great balance of an rpg battle system where there's like this really cool interplay between multiple abilities 
And if you're not using everything, if you're not using the buffs and like the time, the time ability. Yeah, yeah. They agree. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they don't want to just hit the attack button repeatedly. Uh, like a Nino Kuni like, like a Nino. Oh God, we can talk about that in a second. Uh, yeah, it it it. Every every time you get into battle, you have four characters in your party, and the way it works is all of your abilities beyond a basic attack are single use. Rather than having MP, you 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 know if you have like a laser blast, if you use laser blast, it's out unless you spend a turn recharging your special abilities. Interesting. When you're vul- and then you're vulnerable, and so in and what what happens is there's style. So every single time a turn goes by, your style increases, and your style means that when you hit on the next turn, whatever you do is going to cause way more damage. The problem is, is that style increases for all of the enemies, so that as you go each consecutive turn throughout an, the RPG fight, everybody's just hitting way harder. And the great thing is, is on normal difficulty, all of the big bosses and harder enemies are just damage sponges. So, like, yeah. it's demanding you go deep on strategy to try and figure out how to actually get through it, and the battles are really long. On easy, it's just pounding against each other for, like, three or four turns. And if you don't do it right, you're dead. Do it again. If you do do it right... You you just wipe this boss out in like a perfect array of of choices, and it just feels so right and so good. And I, I like I don't understand why that balancing isn't a priority in a game in mo- in more games rather. Well, because- I mean, here's the thing, man. Like you are you're when you talk about what people want to get out of a game, that yeah. there's so many different answers to that. Some people who don't have kids, for example, time is not as much of a resource. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I can, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the time I'm spending in, in uh, God of War, but also my husband was upstairs playing his copy. I was downstairs playing my copy and that's what we did all day Saturday. Yeah. We don't have to worry about feeding a kid. We don't have to worry about other responsibilities that, you know, if we want to spend eight hours doing that, we can. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I love turn-based RPGs. Love, 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 love. I would play on on normal because I, you know, I want to do that long-term strategy thing with the buffs. Somebody who maybe doesn't like turn-based stuff as much and would rather it was a real-time, maybe they would enjoy the the faster play of it. Or maybe they want to, you know, speedrun it or whatever. Fun means so many different things. Yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not this easy thing to be like, oh, well, in the easy version, it goes this fast and it, okay, well, great. But what if, what if speed isn't the issue for people? What if, if the strategy is just really complex for them? Like, here's a, here's an example with your favorite game, Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get that, enough of them cards, yo. Well, here, the thing that made me realize I am never going to be anything other than an okay player i could have the best cards in the world and it won't matter the puzzles i i I was banging my head against one and i finally after spending like an hour on it 
figured out the exact sequence of cards playing off each other and the interplay of them and all that to do like 100 points of damage in one turn. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person who's going to figure that out naturally. <laughs> I'm not, not going to be able to make a deck that, like I could make a deck that would do exactly that and yep. then any other time I couldn't do that, I'd be like, oh, well, I lose. Oh, I lose. <laughs> I need exact specifications for this deck to work, right? There, you know, there are people who can think five, six, seven moves ahead and they're going to be amazing at that. I can't. Yeah. I'm never yeah. going to be that person. So I can't excel at that game. So easy for me would, would be, you know, could you remove about half the strategy from the game, please? <laughs> Take a half of your cards and throw them away. Exactly. Thank you. The funny thing is, is like, like and you, you sometimes see that approach. I, that's why I love playing uh, The Witcher 3 and Witcher 2 mm-hmm. on easy, because their approach is what you just said. It's it, They just take out half the strategy. Yeah. Like, if you're playing on easy, you just don't have to worry about oils and... Yes, yes. Uh, like, it'll still be hard, but you could basically turn it into a pure action RPG of stack slash dodge spells by bumping it down, where they're just yeah. like, we're just going to take all of that other junk That's out of it. This whole layer... We're going to remove it, yeah. which is a great approach. I will admit that, you know, like, yes, now I am a father. Now I am, you know, into the back half of my 30s. And so the way I approach time with video games is different. But this sort of predilection for this sort of difficulty has... I, I've always felt this way about mm-hmm. video games. Like, forever. Yeah, but, but, but... Oh, you also want to play not just every game that's been released recently. You want to play every game, period, the end. Yes. You know I, You know that I want to dive deep in history. Yeah. The other thing is, is I like to replay things. Yeah. I like to go back and do things again. Yeah. And, like, I, I you know, I, I feel like not having the ability to do that with a lot of games made in, say, 2008 and afterwards mm-hmm. is is a thing that I really contend with a lot, uh, especially with the developer that we're going to discuss later mm-hmm. in this show. Uh, you know, I, I also admit that part of this is George Carlin uh, used to do a whole bit about how all anyone is ever doing in their life is trying to chase the first time they got high. <laughs> like, the first time you get high is the best thing in the world, and He's framing it in the concept of marijuana, but he's yeah. applying it to everything else. Like, you're, the first thing that gets you ecstatic, an ecstatic experience is constantly informing every subsequent experience in your life. And I grew up playing video games, but I realized that when I'm like, why can't and all video games just have this perfect short length and perfect balancing of combat and art and music, and I'm just always describing Chrono Trigger. It's just... <laughs> Every <laughs> single summation of a video Multiple game. Multiple endings that you could reach in less than 10 hours. Why, and... like, I, like, all I'm really saying is why isn't every game Chrono Trigger? Okay, but the hill part in Chrono Trigger is complete bullshit. The, the hill part is so easy in Chrono Trigger. And I played that game with a strategy guide the first mm, time I played it. Yeah. I actually... So... I played it through to that point in the game when mm-hmm. you get into all the late game side quests. Yeah. And so I never, there was just no guessing about the hill. Like I knew what I was supposed to do the first time. Just a 
Mwah, a perfect first high that whole experience. <laughs> uh, Dave, just Nino, you just said Nino Kuni too. Uh, just those battles just drag on forever, and you're. you're it's it's not that they drag. Uh, they're actually uh, much shorter than they were in the first game, but they have I, I feel to like that <laughs> they go the other way. They're just too easy. There's no real strategy right. beyond. Uh, dodging when you need to and smacking them upside the head. It, it really just comes down to level. Like, there's no strategy beyond. Uh, if you're within 10 levels of them, you could probably beat them anymore. Your attacks aren't going to do damage uh, and and they'll hit you, they'll kill you in two hits. So just go level up, come back. All right, you got this. Like, yeah. and it, it's it's a shame because, like, I feel that game has like the it needed more money it needed something it like the story i could care less about anything that happened because nothing is voice acted like the writing Wait, is wonderful what? like other than a, a handful of cutscenes, there's like no voice acting Weird. Uh, yeah and like, especially like, th there are some important scenes that happen where you're just like reading text, and you're just like, like, yeah, you, the the you know how uh, uh, Drippy was like Tiny. this, yeah, this really uh, like iconic yeah. and like really cute character, and he talks throughout the whole game, yeah. and you really connect with him. And this other guy, this little like, he looks like Lisa Simpson, uh, that follows you around, your little kingmaker dude. He barely talks in the game, so like, I felt no connection to this cute little dude that's following me around. Uh, and wait, that's wait, wait, kind wait, of wait. my. Hold on, I'm confused. Is Mr. Drippy in the in this one? No, but there's oh. a similar oh, the little, kind yeah, the of character. Oh, and he doesn't. Sing. Yeah. And he's got like he's got a different. He's got like a Cockney accent, but again, he talks in like five cutscenes. Oh. So you're just like I f I feel nothing for anything, I feel and nothing. it sucks because it's like. If all you did was put like fancy British voices over this, I would be so more invested, right. so much more invested in your like more Welsh like, voice actors, please. Yes, yes, um, but yeah, it's a shame. Like I beat that one, and like I just felt like okay, there's some cool stuff in it, but I felt not nearly as connected to it as I wanted to be. You did. I'm surprised you went the distance with that game. The 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 castle building stuff was what kept me going. Yeah. Uh so yeah, once you reach a certain point, you can actually start building up your kingdom and leveling up buildings and uh as you complete side quests, you gain followers that you can assign to different buildings and like different buildings will give you upgrades to your weapons or allow you to get um like different kinds of items that you can use for crafting or quest completion so like you can set Put people in a fishery and they'll just fish for you and keep giving you fish that you can use. Uh, uh, you can put someone in an item shop and then as you level up that item shop, the, they'll offer you bigger discounts and offer more items. Mm. Uh, and that part is really cool. It's just the rest of the game felt very <laughs> lacking uh, around it. Did you ever play My Life as a King? I keep meaning to. Which one was that one? Is that the it's, the Final Fantasy game? No. Yeah, that that's that's. Do you mean Little King's story? No, I mean My Life as a King. Which one is My Life as a King? My Life as a King. Uh, it's it's an older game. Um, I think I was living in the apartment, so that was. Because there's a WiiWare game. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. My Life as a King. Yeah, you you don't actually go 
do anything. You send out adventurers oh. to go quest, and you're you're managing the kingdom. You're you know build, rebuilding the structures and and all that. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, or as it could have been. But it was a really good idea that I would have liked to have seen more developed. Like I just I just want the full adventurer management sim. Thing. Did you play the ba- did you play the bad guy version? I remember that there's No, there's I did not. My life as a something as a dark lord. As a dark as a What? <laughs> yeah, there's Final my life Fantasy as a king and then there's my life as a dark lord. My life lord. as a lord. My life as a lord. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped in there immediately. Why isn't there a game called Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles My Life as an edge lord? You're just Sephiroth. Doing your hair in the soundtrack by Corn. You're just you're just constantly like looking in the mirror, being like, "Do the belts going across my bare chest make me look fat?" (laughs) I think I'm gonna go on Twitter and just like yell at women to make myself feel better. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh man, my life is an edge lord. Wow. I don't know. That doesn't. I don't know why my guitar whale sound sounds like a dying cat, but it does. <laughs> and I apologize. Yeah. It's because Gibson went bankrupt. That's yeah. why. If, if anybody listening would like knows of a sort of kingdom management sim type thing, I'll tell you what I want. So if you if have any either of you played Rebuild Three, no. Okay. No. So the the shtick of Rebuild is it's zombie apocalypse game, but it's town management stuff. That's cool. Like, you gotta, like, make sure there's food for everybody, and there's supplies for everybody, and you gotta build the walls and upgrade your towers and all that crap. And, I mean, obviously, and then zombies come attack you from time to time. That happens. But, like, that's what I want with orcs and trolls and stuff in a kingdom. That's you play Sakodin 2? God, years ago. Yeah. That, years. That, that, that game has, has been kind of the what I hold sort of the kingdom building stuff to yeah. that, that sort but of I standard ju- just because just it's want, so unique. Yes, yeah. You I just, just want, want that. that part, like without the rest of the, the RPG stuff. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything that is even remotely close to just being all of that because little King story isn't even nope. totally like that. Little King story is more like that plus Pikmin. Yeah. And then I, I keep, did you ever play, um, Oh God, I I can't. I think the original name was "What did I do to deserve this, my lord?" Oh, I remember that. I vaguely remember. Yeah, this. a great name, right? And that was the second English name it got. And it's it's not quite the same. It's a little bit of an inversion because you are. I mean, in the first game, it's it's almost to the down to the look explicit that you are just the bad guy from dra- the original Dragon Quest, like you're the mm-hmm. Dragon Lord. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, like that whole game, you get to the end and the thought is, is he really just sitting in that throne room this entire time I've been adventuring? And in this game, it's like, yes, he was sitting in his throne room the entire time. And what you do is you construct your evil lair and send out your monsters because heroes are constantly trying to get into your lair to kill you. Right. And you kind of like a dungeon keeper. Yeah, a little a little uh, dungeon keeper, but like more more stripped down and less less uh less set about setting up like sort of elaborate traps this yeah. is more like like very very explicit base building and then 
sort of actively trying to send out your monsters to kill guys as they come in. Um, but again, like not, I don't think it's as strategy focused as what you're looking for, Susan. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing I'm asking for is super nerdy. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 slightly better than than you know spreadsheet games, but I, you know, it's that's I really enjoy efficiency and figuring out mm. the best way to keep everything right. You know, I'm I'm the person who will completely start cook serve delicious over again because halfway through the game i realized wait i should have bought this for the menu instead that is how i maximize my patrons i'm that person i gotta start i gotta play cook serve delicious both it's of you super good both of you have just just told me that it's the bee's knees it's it's, it's inspired by a weirdo japanese playstation one game dude what can, you gotta I know play it. that's that's my aesthetic to a t uh, yeah, I'll get there. All right. So things that I will get to. <laughs> that crosses my mind a lot when it comes to a, a developer. Here, here's a little story about this developer. The other day, they they put out a big trailer for a, a Wii game. Not W-I-I, Wii is it? I was going to say that. W E E, a yeah. little 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 Wee, game, Wee. a little game that's gonna sell like twelve thousand copies this year. Just so not it's a lot. indie game, a little yeah. indie game called uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. And my response to the release of this trailer was, "Why do I let myself get excited about Rockstar games when I am inevitably going to hate them?" And then I remembered that I should shut my goddamn mouth when I talk in public because people see and hear the things uh -huh. I say. <laughs> and uh, I saw this exchange happen. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, uh, Anthony. The, the oh, head no. of Rockstar's PR uh, gets on my phone and he's like, why are you saying you hate all of our games? <laughs> to which I responded, I am a father, sir. I have to do things that aren't your games that last forever. Uh, and then his retort was, may I interest you in table tennis? That's uh, a good game. And Simon, you're right. Table tennis is a lovely game, but all of your other games take nine billion years to play. It's true. Uh, and uh, like, I, I, I admit that I have a more complicated relationship with Rockstar's games than that. Uh, I occasionally think that they are simultaneously the most beautiful and the most irritating things that are made in this medium. Uh, I have complex feelings about this, developer. Susan, I, how long have you been playing Rockstar's games? I don't play Rockstar's games because I don't like Rockstar's games. Interesting. I want to. Yeah. I desperately want to. Yes. Because I appreciate the scope of what they do, and I appreciate the, the effort that goes into these games. And, it's, and something like uh, Red Dead where they took a genre nobody was going to touch, which is yep. the Western. Because the Western is very, very difficult to get right without it coming off as hokey or, or corny because we as Americans have this extremely romanticized idea of what, air quote, the West means. So it's really, really tough to get it right. And, they, and Red Dead Redemption is, it has its issues, certainly, but a masterpiece of, mm -hmm. of fiction and world building. The problem that I have with Rockstar's 
games is they are overwhelmingly masculine fantasies. Oh boy, are they ever. And I don't mean that in like, <clears throat> oh, you, you just, you know, with the typical like big boobs and bang, but like it, it, that's not what I mean. Yeah. I mean the stuff that is, it's, it's like how all dudes want to be Batman. Ma- Max Payne 3 might as well be called Dick the Game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and like a lot of that is just because the influences that they have is like is very rooted in like masculine film. Right. Like like Max Payne 3 is literally Man on Fire, the video game. <laughs> yeah. uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 might as well be like a heat sequel. Yeah, uh, right. Right down to the fact that they got Tangerine Dream to do the soundtrack, who did like Michael Mann's one of his first movies. So yeah, like, like I, I totally get that. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not saying that as an insult, and it's not something that I think necessarily needs to change. Yeah, not every game has to appeal to my sensibilities. I like a lot of of media that is aimed at masculine tastes or traditionally masculine tastes. But nothing in Rockstar has ever connected with me at all. I don't want to be a cowboy. I have zero interest in being a cowboy. You take, I tell you what, you take that game and you put it in space, I'll play the fuck out of it. <laughs> like this, desperately, dear Rockstar, please make a game in space. That is what I would like. Mm. They made it, they made, remade High Noon as a space movie and it's awesome. Do that. Thank you. Dan, ha- Dan Hauser just needs to get really high and watch The Expanse and like have go. his laptop <laughs> sitting next to him. Yes. And just like, and then bang out a script that they make a game about. Thank you. Yeah, that's all I want. Like, I just, I can't. And, you know, the whole American gangster thing. No, thank I find you. that I, I find that so tedious. But at the exact same time, I like, it's, what, what always gets me about these games well, no, this is what gets me about Grand Theft Auto, is that inev- like, th- there's always this moment that happens with Grand Theft Auto, where when you get into Grand Theft Auto and you play it for a billion hours, because it's Grand Theft Auto and it takes a billion hours to play, you, you realize that the world that they have built is detailed and malleable enough that you can escape the male-centric fantasies they have built for you. Like... When you play Grand Theft Auto V, you can have a moment where you're in, like, you know, an old station wagon and listening to Flying Lotus play on the radio and just drive up the coast and, like, catch yourself marveling at the sunset in the game. Mm -hmm. You think to yourself, I cannot believe they've built this place. And then you just keep driving. And it's magical. Like, you, you truly feel like they have built a living, breathing place. Yep. Uh, in a way that no other game company has ever managed to do. And then somebody will open their mouth and that illusion <laughs> is obliterated. You'll see a billboard for fuckbook.com or something. Right, and it's like, right. yeah, go oh, good. That's right. not even, like, it's not, when I say it's masculine, I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression that I mean it's, I mean, it is often sexist. Oh, yeah, sure. But that's that's not what I'm talking about. There is stuff that appeals to traditionally, again, traditionally masculine 
fantasies that just doesn't click for me. I'm just not, right. it's, it's the whole fast car, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, shooty guns. I just don't care. Okay. And then that is very much what these games, like Scarface, like, you know, that guy in high school who watched Scarface every weekend. <laughs> it's like that. That's, that's what all the GTA games. Favorite, favorite movies of Boondock say. Exactly. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That. Like that. Like, no. I can't. He's got I, the button down shirt that is the Scarface poster. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, right? Like, it's just, like, there's so much, like, you go into his room and there's just cases of Dracar Noir. Just yep, stacks. Like, anyway. So that's, that's, I, I wish. And that's actually why I uh, I enjoy, I think, The Witcher 3 so much is it takes its world equally seriously. It has as much attention to detail, but it's not that yeah. guy. Oh, man. And uh, now I got to yeah. open the door again because my dog is crying. Okay, come here. You know, I, I do. I, I know we've said this in the show before. I don't think that you can count The Witcher, like the Witcher 3 in any conversation at this point. No, I agree. It's a freak. It's, it's a freak just, of nature. The Witcher, the Witcher 3 is now, I'm not doing this to annoy you, Susan, I promise. It is like, it's the Beatles, like in a, in a, like when, when a, when an editorial staff at a music site is like, let's talk about albums for the past 50 years. Like, let's just take them off. Yeah, the you table. gotta leave it out. Just leave it the hell out. Yeah. Uh, it's like leaving Mario out of a discussion yeah. of the best platformers. She just right, can't. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I, I will, I, I find the Western fantasy limited in its appeal. I, I have never been one of those guys that like genuine like I just like thought the whole cowboy milieu was awesome and I want yep. everything to do with it. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that my dad literally forced me to read Shane and give Ooh. him a book report at the end of every week on uh, the words uh, I didn't understand. Wow. But, yeah. Anyway. You have a weird relationship with Westerns then, because uh, I just like <laughs> watching dudes do cool things and like well, I, like it, it, be morally righteous i, I like it you when know. westerns I, like i when a western is done well i like it more than almost anything like i love yeah. the movie tombstone oh tombstone is so good kurt russell slapping billy bob thornton across the face and be like do you gonna do something fat boy or just stand there and bleed come on and skin that smoke wagon yes Yes, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Say things forever, Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, uh, and I, I feel like if I say this, my brother is going to just like appear at my door. Just and apparate. Me, just apparate into the room. Like, Unforgiven is cool, but I don't care. No, it's not. It's not a good movie. No. I just don't care. I don't care. I, I don't. 310 to Yuma. You know, it's a good movie. 310 to Yuma. 310 to Yuma is, is a great movie. movie. Great movie. Okay. The, the original and the remake. Yeah, no, like the remake's actually pretty good. But yeah, like, and I think that for me, Red Dead Redemption is more is one of the more successful Rockstar games sure. because like it does they actually take that romanticized image of the West and they go, like, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. Maybe all of these people are hucksters and charlatans sure. and like uh, everyone's like the government. Everyone's bad, yeah. like for different reasons, because they're all trying to make their way out in this really harsh place. And like, I, I feel like, and because it's not juxtaposed by this really sort of grade school idea of what satire is supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> uh, that it comes off as serious. But like, that's that's always been my biggest problem with Rockstar is that like like 
I want to enjoy your satire, but when you try to fill a million hour game, Mm -hmm. you inevitably come up with ideas like Crappia. It's like Ikea, but bad. (laughs) Get it? (laughs) That's what the design doc says. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Also, the also the other problem I have with Rockstar games is I f- and w- it's one thing that I feel like they don't get enough criticism about their controls. Fucking suck. Uh, they're bad. I I think they're really good in Grand Theft Auto Five. It's the first time. It, okay, they yeah, they have the fixed them for Grand Theft Auto Five. But I've been playing Red Dead Redemption, which we'll get to Those, uh, in our next section. Suck. Those controls. But suck. I I I rode a horse off a off a wooden bridge <laughs> over a river twice in a row, twice in a row, because the horse is just like you just tap the A button and the horse just goes doop doop, boop, and it just is dead. Yeah, you're dead. Uh, and I I I like, please, for Red Dead Redemption two. Don't make my character control like a greased up rollerblader, yeah. please. I beg you. I think I think they will have fixed this. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I, guess I, that it I, it'll be okay. I, Grand Theft Auto Five worked really well. I, here's my question, because this ha- this is this has been my question since Westworld came on. Assuming you could afford it, right? Like, assume <laughs> you could afford the, the the week vacation in Westworld. Mm-hmm. No. Is that the one you pick? No, not not at all. Not at all. I don't... I don't get... Like, I don't get it. I don't... I I am not begrudging anybody if that's your thing. If you think that would be super fun to go play in a Western... Cool! I literally have zero understanding of why you would enjoy that. Here, here, Here for me... Like, and I... Like, I will admit that of all of Rockstar's games, Red Dead Redemption is the one that I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. And it has entirely to do with the like, fact that I love that kind of landscape. Okay. I, li- okay. I, love, I love that kind of countryside, and nobody builds space like these guys do. That's I, true. Except for CD Projekt Red now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the last Western game that came out was Gun. No, 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 no. I mean, like, the last, like, open world yes. Western that I remember yeah. was, was Gun, and that wasn't. That was not good. Not, not, no, it was not, not. not good. Uh, but, uh, you know, I. The funny thing is, is I, the thing that prevents me from connecting with that landscape is the pacing of these games. Like, mm. I don't. For games with such explicit and grand narrative ambitions, that ambition is never met by a proper sense of the way that people play these goddamn games. I almost wish that there were, like, two separate modes when Mm -hmm. you played a Rockstar game. Give me the campaign and free play, and then it would be fine, almost. You know, like, if there was a way... To divorce the story from just freely existing in that place, I think that these games would be dramatically better. Because Red Dead Redemption, I-, I love that game, but I also like hate. I will never replay it ever because Mexico exists in that story. <laughs> They're like, oh, hey, we ra- we wrapped up Acts One and Two of this man's life, right? And here we go into the dramatic conclusion. In twenty hours, but we'll first, see it. 
<laughs> but first, here's a bunch of bullshit where we here's it's it's the it's the Uncharted three boat sequence oh. of Rockstar oh. games. Oh, God, the detour that makes like doesn't deserve to be. It doesn't need to be there. For you no take sense. it out. Just take it out. Just take and like it. It literally it it serves no function in terms of enjoyment of the space or the actual story because all it does is say like here's a bunch of landscape that is similar to what you've already seen and here's something that is all of the themes all of the narrative themes we're just going to go over them again because why not let's let's just hammer it home in the name of content content because here's why because we know we know this should be dlc we know this should be a side adventure, but if we do that, y'all are going to bitch at us and say it should have been in the game. Yeah, I, that 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 is the frustration for me with Rockstar, where Matt, they, there is, their reputation is so associated with, it, like, not just this male fantasy that you were talking about, Susan, but this, this power fantasy that is explicitly you know, informed by the pop culture experience of 14-year-old, like, boys yeah. throughout the 20th century. Uh, it's also just like, like, we, we gotta have all the thi- all of the stuff. It's gotta, it's gotta be endless. It needs to be endless, because that's why people thought Grand Theft Auto right. 3 was so good. Right, and right, 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 yeah. You're like, no, man. Like, and, and I, I almost feel like they now have the economic model to prove that they don't have to do that in the core game. Like, Grand Theft Auto Online has kept that game a top ten seller for five mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. If you're going to keep doing your big stories and you know the big story is going to sell, focus up, man. Get get a get a goddamn editor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make that shit more compact. Get somebody just level. Just gonna cut this out here. Uh, just gonna trim this bit here, chunk. And then you can sell your Monster Energy Drink T-shirts in the oh. in the <laughs> other part. <laughs> in the other part, Bully Two, brought to you by Monster Energy Drink. That sounds shittier than I mean it to. Uh, no, you mean it to sound exactly that shitty. I do. <laughs> I really do. Uh, how do you how do you guys feel about Bully? Bully is the Rockstar game that I played the least. I like it. It's been years since I played it last, yeah. but I remember uh, really enjoying it because it was novel and because uh, it did some interesting stuff to the because you know the the whole thing about Grand Theft Auto is that you're playing the bad boy. Right. You're always the bad guy. You know, you're the gangster trying to like lead the criminal underground the bully they make you think that the kid's bad but he's really not yeah i thought the idea is that you're kind of the hero like it's it's you're like yeah he he's he, he's kind of like he he's kind of fuck authority right like he's probably drawing anarchy symbols in his notebook or something uh but like he's not a bad kid yeah. it's just everyone looks at this guy and his upbringing and just assumes that he's bad yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that was an interesting subversion on Rockstar's part to do it that way, which is why I, I think it's cool. But again, like it's been years since I played it, so maybe that game doesn't hold up at all. Who knows? Yeah, I have no idea. I will. I will admit that the like fantasy milieu that has bored me the most throughout my entire existence. Like Susan, you're talking about like westerns. I don't. 
who cares about witnessing syphilitic blindness in the wild? Uh, that's... <laughs> Let's all lionize the 1800s, everybody. It was yeah. great. Nobody got hurt. Did you know The Revenant was a really hard movie to make? <laughs> did, <laughs> did you know that? Oh, Doug! I, I contend that I would be I would be pre-ordering my ticket to Venom right now if Tom Hardy had the same accent that he had in The Revenant. <laughs> right now. Like, oh, if they were just like, what are we going to do? He's in our secret lab. I'll go to use my tentacles. I'm using my tentacles and my crazy tongue and teeth to come get what I want. Everybody, everybody has a thing. Everybody. Does he just have a writer in his contract that like he has, he has to, to talk like that? He has to do a funny voice. This is what I don't... Here's the thing about Tom Hardy. I've come to this conclusion about him. He wants to finish his career confident that he did not get by on being one of the hottest men on the planet. But isn't he already there? Like... Well, I mean, this isn't this isn't his mind. So he repeatedly takes roles where he either covers up his face, or does a mumble mouth, or preferably both. Or preferably both. <laughs> <laughs> or preferably. Bird. You all know fear. Bird, bird. <laughs> <laughs> topical Dark Knight jokes. Oh, have you have they... you seen the video of him reading a bedtime story to his doggy? I love that. It's oh, so great. No. It's, it's, oh it's the most lovely thing in the entire it world. Is, it is just so delightful. And it's like, that's the thing you look at as a man and go, yeah, I'm never going to beat that. <laughs> uh, and that's okay. Uh, Dave Roberts. We're, yes. We've been talking a lot about Rockstar, but I think it's been a, 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 it's been a bit since Susan or I have actually played a game made by these guys. Uh you are actively playing Red Dead Redemption on a thing yeah. that that I, I I didn't we shame you out of purchasing one of these before you it did. existed and then you did and then uh, it, time proof it was the, at the at the time it was the right choice to not buy an Xbox One X. Sure. Now I think it's like unless you really want to play like Nier or Yakuza, it's like the only console to get. Especially if you like old games. Oh, and oh, it, honey. Oh, who hurt you? Okay. <laughs> so, I was not a believer until I saw Red Dead Redemption for myself on this thing. So, it's not just the 360 game. Uh, and it's not just that they up it to 4K. It's that they do, like, a 16 times texture filtering pass on it. So all of the jagged edges that you would normally see on the 360 game, they're gone. It's basically like playing a remastered version of this game, but with all the same assets. And it's it's basically like when you get a Criterion Blu-ray, and they do they clean up all of the, the crap, but it still looks like an old movie. Mm. It's like that. And it's... It's magic. Like, it's, it's fucking sorcery, what they're doing to this old game without changing any of the code. Okay, question. okay. Question. Yeah. A lot of questions. Uh, okay. This will only... The, the backwards compatibility is only on the Xbox One X, not on the Xbox One, correct? Not all Xbox. It is on all... Okay, all Xboxes have backwards compatibility. Oh, oh okay, okay. But some games are Xbox One X enhanced. Okay, okay, thank you. Which means a lot of things. It means uh, they could be... Um, they get 
blown up to 4K. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have a 4K TV, they'll fit that. Uh, in uh, Red Dead Redemption's case, they get the the filtering on the textures, so uh, everything looks much sharper and cleaner. Like it does, it looks like you're playing mm-hmm. a game, like an old game on a really nice computer. Okay. Um, and some games Which like Mirror's Edge. <laughs> Yes, which basically what I'm doing, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it's like because Red Dead Redemption isn't on PC, there's no way to do it. Right, so this is literally right. the best oh way God, that you're going to be able totally to play that game. There's no PC yeah. edition of that. Yeah. That's and they're probably, there's probably not going to be like a, a remaster either because the impression that I get is that that game is basically on fire whenever you turn it on. <laughs> uh, and the act of porting it would probably destroy that game in a fundamental way. Um uh, but for like some other games, like so Mirror's Edge, if you play the 360 version of that, uh, you get HDR. It's uh, it supports HDR. They patch that into the wow. to the 360 version with the yeah, and it's just the and it works whether you have a digital copy downloaded from the store or you pop the disc oh, in nice. that you own yourself. Yeah, it's just that's super what, nice. Yeah, which is why like which is why when I look at the PS4 Pro. I have not really seen a huge benefit other than like more stable frame rate and like just having the larger hard drive space. Mm-hmm. Uh, like God of War looks great on it, but it looks great on a regular PS4 too. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, her, Susan, do you have a pro? There's uh, okay. a pro in your house, right? Yes, there's a pro in my house hooked up to our 4K TV. The difference between the two is fucking dramatic. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yes. it's crazy. But that is not to say that, you know, if when I'm playing it on on my launch PS4 on my regular TV, I'm like, well, this looks like shit. Unless yeah. when, yes, I mean when you go directly from one to the other, good god, yes, you see the difference. Yeah. And it is a dramatic difference. I mean, but it's, you know, I don't feel like, you know, the forgotten child down in my in my hovel. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I definitely had that moment playing God of War where I was looking at it and thought to myself, like, I don't need this to be prettier. Yeah. I like I like this looks amazing and I don't need this to look more amazing. Mm-hmm. But I also think like the same thing when I play like Super Mario Odyssey, like I look at it and I, I'm like, like this is as beautiful that. as I need the game to be. Yeah. But I'm also the guy that will sit there and like take somebody who doesn't even care about video games, like the poor woman who agreed to spend the rest of her life with me. And I'll be like, now this is Samurai Showdown 2 on Wii's virtual console, and now here's real Samurai Showdown 2 on actual hardware pumped through a video filter. So I get I get that dramatic, yeah. the drama there. Yeah. Dave, I, how much of that dramatic effect with the Xbox One X stuff, like, I, I, this is this is where I get confused. So, like, if Susan, you you still have an Xbox One I do. in the house, right? Yes. This is a launch Xbox One. It is. So, if Susan goes to buy Red Dead Redemption, and it doesn't have the Xbox One X enhanced, what is she going to see? She will see the 360 game. Oh, uh, that's it. Yeah, she she yeah she will basically get. Um, I believe. The whatever virtual machine that they're using um, is a little bit more powerful than a 360, just because the Xbox One is naturally a stronger machine. Sure. But um, 
it's going to be a comparable experience. Oh, but interesting. It's not, uh, yeah, it's not. So gonna I could just like, hook up my 360. Right. Yes. Oh. So whereas <laughs> the the Xbox One X is actively enhancing these old games, but only if they are specifically flagged by Xbox and whatever magic they do, whatever buttons they click. I know that there's also like, like not just the visual enhancements, there's performance enhancements and loading yeah. enhancements. Like uh, Red Dead Redemption on the Xbox One X is a more or less, so- like Digital Foundry, of course, they have their little charts and they have their little videos and you can see the I little love graphs. Charts. I love It's so charts. good. I just, oh, it's just numbers. <laughs> I, I, oh I, I honestly, like, I, Susan, how many editorial meetings did we sit through where we're just like, if you care about something being 720p or 1080p, you're an asshole. Yeah, and oh, then oh, and th- then I watched like Digital Foundries and I was like, oh man, look at that stable frame rate. That is tight. That is- yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, the 360 version um, of Red Dead Redemption constantly dips down to yeah. 20. So it's like there are noticeable hitches in frame rate, especially in the DLC, the Undead Nightmare, which uses a lot of fire effects, which cause that engine to just it's nosedive. Crash, yeah. Xbox One X, it's solid. It okay. is a solid 30. But let's get, um, let's get to the more important stuff. Yes. How does Morrowind run? I was just uh, going to say, why don't we sell Susan an Xbox One X yeah. right now? Well, do uh, I, you do get... I need the One X to play Morrowind? That's the question. N- no. Ah, so, yes. so all the, and that's and that's kind of the beauty of this. It's like if you have an Xbox One, all of these old games will work regardless. But if you have the Xbox One X, you're getting you're getting all of these nice old games in a nicer form. So uh, apparently Morrowind uh, actually loads faster than Skyrim now. Like what used that to be the, sl- to me, the slowest loading yeah. Elder Scrolls game on a console is now the fastest. Well, I have uh, to imagine that it's also smaller. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think all original Xbox games on an Xbox One get four, ti- four times the pixel count. Um, and... On an Xbox One X, it's 16 times the pixel counts. But it's not just a small image, like a 480i image blown up Mm. to 4K. Mm -hmm. Like, they smooth everything out. So, like, Panzer Dragoon Orta, it still looks like an original Xbox game, but it's, like, the nicest this Xbox game is ever going to look. You know, short of some emulator that comes out that... But the, yeah, but like the Xbox is also notoriously difficult to emulate. So who's to say? Mm. Uh, I just, I think. So wait, so a, when you got your Xbox One X, did you already have an Xbox One or no? I did. And I sold it to like GameStop had this thing where like they gave me an extra $80 in cash mm-hmm. on top of like the 80 that they were giving. So I like, I basically paid $200 for this machine uh, after the Xbox One and some other stuff that I got rid of. Um, but yeah, it's, oh, I also got it off of the Amazon, uh, warehouse deal. So I got it for a hundred dollars off. Oh, nice. So yeah. Yeah. The box had cut cosmetic damage on the front and back. It was like a small ding. I opened it up. It's, it's never been touched before. There weren't monster energy Uh, stains on the box. (laughs) No, it's heavy too. It is a very, like it is a, they put money in this thing heavier heavier than an xbox one launch a launch xbox it it is it is much smaller and more compact 
but it is far heavier. Honestly, that because is, it, because it's made by made with metal. That's more a, a more appealing reason to me to get it than all of the fancy pants pictures. Because part of the reason why I, I put the Xbox in the closet, it was taking up too goddamn much of my entertainment center. That yeah. thing was yeah. like a car. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about I would say it's about on par with the PS4 Pro oh, nice. in size now. Nice. Yeah. It's just it's it's weird because before I saw any of these old 360 games, I would have like I would have laughed in your face. I would have said, "No, this is dumb." But see, as someone who really enjoys the experience of going back and playing old games, no, then, that, um, then that's totally a worthwhile investment for you. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's 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 the kind of thing where it's like, well, I have Red Dead Redemption on this machine. What if I got Red Dead Re- Redemption 2 on the same machine? So they're both just there on the same machine. I don't have to switch between consoles. It's like, it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's there. Uh, I had totally written off Microsoft. Uh, but seeing their treatment of their old games and how committed they are to like bringing the best versions of these old games to their hardware, to like regardless of what version of the console you have, yeah. Uh, has been really cool. It's. I would really like to see Sony do it because there are a lot more Sony games that I enjoy than Microsoft games. But I think Microsoft benefits because, or the Xbox benefits because Microsoft is an enterprise company that does a lot of stuff with virtual machines and productivity software and stuff. So they can take the stuff that they're doing elsewhere and go. What if we fully emulate a 360? Um, whereas Sony's like. We got VR headset. Yeah, that's cool. I gotta say too, I, I like knowing knowing that the sort of path that Microsoft is on right now, that there is a very very good chance that these games will not be locked to that console in perpetuity. You know that that Microsoft is sort of you know uh, the fact that Sea of Thieves is a Game Pass game, like their subscription to their Xbox yeah. branded games. Like if you have Game Pass, you just have access to Sea of Thieves on Xbox One or PC and it's just out there. And yet it's still sold really well. And so they're saying like, oh well we we, we can have our traditional economic model for selling these games and have our old one too. And seeing that at the exact same time as Microsoft being like, yeah, we're gonna have an Xbox Live login on the Switch version of Minecraft. Mm. And sure, we're going to throw Master Chief content into Minecraft. We would love Switch. to see Banjo and Kazooie and Smash Brothers. Like, I, I love the fact that they're saying, like, let's preserve our software history because we're, we're finally free of the shackles of retail so old things can continue to make us money in perpetuity. We don't have to worry about shelf space or... Yeah, it's just factors. a matter of licensing at that point. Right, yeah. and... like. I I love I I can't believe I'm saying it, but I I like yeah. What well, Microsoft it's is not doing. just that Viva Pinata on my Switch. Just do it. Just do it. Why just not? Do it. Yeah. Why not? Do it. I will throw money in your face all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not it's not just that the tech can do it because right. I don't think that the the PS4 couldn't do it either. It's that Microsoft is specifically not only are they putting the effort to sign these licenses mm-hmm. to get these old games, that they are making it a pillar of the Xbox brand and platform. That it's like all of your old your old game like 
past, present, future Xbox One. Boom. And like that's cool. That is yeah. cool. No, it's, I, I, it's very it's very consumer friendly. It's very uh let you know, let's let's get the customer and keep them for life. It's mm. also it's the Sony playbook from days gone by. It's yeah, yeah. it's what Ken Kutaragi thought PlayStation was going to be. Yeah. Uh yeah, God, the dream. I, I love like old cra- <laughs> old insane Ken Kutaragi. Two yeah, you jobs, get two jobs. It'll be fine. Two jobs, Ken Kutaragi. Oh, two jobs, Kutaragi. <laughs> but like him standing on stage, not at E three, in front of Sony shareholders and the board, and saying every PlayStation will be backwards compatible at the hardware level in perpetuity, and like the look on everybody's face, like is he? Is he that? Yeah, that's never. My dream is a PlayStation 4 Pro 2.5 that's hardware backwards compatible with every PlayStation. I will throw money in your face just like, here. Take all of it. If Sony was like, we're going to make a limited edition console, it's $800, but you can put a UMD in it. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it. In. There you go. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'd be right there with you. Are, are you telling me can, that I can, can I play my... In this? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I really right now my loco roco UMD <laughs> disco I can watch like the worst version of Spider-Man on UMD the movie I mean yes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the ba- remember back in the days when uh the there was not enough battery life in the goddamn PSP to actually watch the entire movie just you had to keep it plugged in yep yeah like a like a real quality portable device. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, I don't know like after hearing quotes from sony uh sony executives who like look at old games like gran turismo and say who would want to play this yeah like you it, like just like and it, a lot it's, of people there's yeah uh, yeah but that's that's also the corporate speak that led, led us to be led sony to say things like oh, rumbles the past yo we're not doing any yeah. of that I just mean it's like a a core philosophy though, as just like like they couldn't be oceans apart between Sony and Microsoft. But I mean, you could also argue that Microsoft has to lean so heavily on its back catalog because it doesn't have as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can make that argument, of course. Yeah. Then the counter argument to that kind of argument is, who cares as long as the games are great? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And. Honestly, like that's I'm actually really excited to see what Microsoft has in store for E3 this year, mm-hmm. because I think that's going to tell us a lot. If we just get the same old, oh, we got another Gears, yeah, we got another Forza, we got Here's another the Halo section of the presser. Well, that'll happen. Yeah. There will be a. There's Nothing always cars. The cars. Car always shows up. Susan did. What yeah, be so that's Microsoft their favorite character. Car. Yeah, it's, car. it's just it's not like, the same about car. It's like, like when, well, God, when Microsoft had that press conference and it's like, oh, what was their tagline? Like the, the most, was the, the most best, X, the best Xbox lineup in yep. history yeah. or, or something. And it was like, one of those games didn't come out. Yeah. The other one fell flat on its face because it came out the same day as Fallout 4. Which one uh, was that? Gears was uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Gears also, was okay. Rise ain't that good. Or, yeah. It's, yeah. it's better mechanically. <clears throat> well, I, yeah, well, I, I talked to the head of Eidos Montreal today as we, oh. were, as we were recording this. So I, 
we talk about Shadow of the Tomb Raider a little. Mm. Um, I think they know about Rise, Susan. Okay. I'm going to reassure you. Just a little. They they know. Okay, they know. good. Because I haven't... Let me, let me put you this way. You guys know how I feel about Tomb Raider. You know... Mm-hmm. My connection with Miss Croft. I haven't even watched the Shadow trailer yet. Well, it's not. It's not a trailer. It's it's oh. a piping. It's like it's, a CG mood piece. Yeah. Uh, it's, nothing. it's not. I just. I, I can't. I. I don't care. I don't yeah. care at this point. At this specific point, I do not trust anyone to understand who this character is or how she should behave. It, I know. Uh, you, the, finally, you get to see her oh, go from finally. the scared little girl to the mass murderer Fun. that we all I, know and see, love. See, I thought she became the Tomb Raider at the end of the reboot. And Silly me! <laughs> <laughs> you thought wrong. Hey, wait, wait, at least we have um, we have uh, the the mobile games that Square so Enix Montreal, not Ida's Montreal. The what is it? To Lara Croft Go. Oh, Lara Croft Go is great. Yeah, that's, there that's we go. That game is always... fantastic. So good. I love that Those game. Those twin stick shooters are pretty good, too. Yeah, the first, the one, first one is. The first one is. The second, the second one is one. not. second one's bad. The first one, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light is a fantastic game. Uh, really, really wonderful co-op. I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, is that backwards some... compatible? On Xbox? Uh, I, questions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah, it is. I want to play that again. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Tomb of Osiris sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not good. <laughs> uh, before I forget, I did want to remember to say that it's not entirely Sony's fault that they can't have PlayStation Three games just running on the PlayStation Four. So this is a fun piece of news from today. Hmm. I saw a thread on Reset Era mm-hmm. about the fact that there there has been a, a group trying to build a PlayStation Three emulator for years. yes. Yeah, they, like they got in trouble with Atlas yeah. because they were using Persona 5 imagery and all their stuff. And yeah. I was just like, you can't do that. Can't we, though? Uh, <laughs> so so it, I think it's called like RCPS3 or yeah. Yeah, RCPS3. Yep. And their big breakthrough this week, they've been working on this emulator for the better part of a decade, is like, hey, the Ninja Gaiden 1 remake for PS3 can run without crashing. Not the cutscenes, though. When the cutscenes play, everything crashes. <laughs> like, emulating the PlayStation 3 is very difficult. <laughs> it's, it's very... Because the architect, the cell architecture is, is dumb. It's big dumb pants. It's very dumb. In layman's terms, it's big dumb it's, pants. It's... <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, um, the, the horsepower that you need to properly do it is just not there it, yeah um, last note for susan on the xbox one here uh, I, I was looking through the list of backwards compatible games and i saw this and i was like i had to tell you there's a uh toe jam and earl collection on the xbox 360 and that's backwards compatible but so, but i already have it's got the first i have i have them already <laughs> well you can play them on your xbox one now okay <laughs> I'll, I'll do it later <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I I bought it was a uh, God. Did it have three in it? I know it has one and two. And Microsoft my... owns three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And, you know, bless its heart. Three means well. Three means it, well. It means yeah. real. Well. It's not good. Yeah. But no. it, it 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 definitely has its heart in the right place. Yeah. But I tell you what, they put that thing on there. I'll spend ten dollars and play it. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh. Where the hell 
just told you I'm in Earl 4. I was just like, wondering that today. Like, where, where sure? is that game? Where's the new game? I thought that was almost, like, done a year and a half ago. Mm, no, no, no. Definitely not that close. Not that close? But I thought it was closer than where the hell is it. Yeah. Yeah. I could deal, I could deal with playing that. It looked so good at PAX East last year. Yeah. It looked real nice. Uh, well, everybody, I think that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, unless something dramatic happens on the place called patreon.com slash continue podcast. Uh, this is a patron-supported show, and we are very close to one of our biggest stretch goals from when we started this, which is uh, $750 a month. This becomes a weekly show, and we are just shy of that. So if you're listening to this for the first time and you, you don't back us, uh, we would love it if you uh, would consider backing us. Uh, this episode is broadcast live for the video backers. We'll, we'll do this in front of you. <laughs> if you pay a certain <laughs> tier, if you pay a certain tier, you can hang out with us in a Discord every single day, which is really, truly a place filled with wonderful human beings. Absolutely. It's a, a sanctuary on the internet. Uh, and to everybody who does back us, thank you so, so much. And Dave has uh, thank you messages to a specific group of you. Yes, if you back us at the $10 or above tier, I'll give you a special shout out on the podcast. So here we go. Special thanks to Mirko Rico Terreno, John, Nick Grugan, Ryan Brady, Yaddle, Gluttony107, Peter, Ryan Mance, Flunky, the best squirrel you know, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, Olmec, the Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Logan Pauly, Ludwig Kitson, uh, Kitzman, uh, Stormshot, Double Taco, Francisco Arias Guimaraes, uh, who also just left us a very lovely review on iTunes. Aww, uh, thank I have you. to say thank you. Kaylin Houston, uh, Axel Olsen Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Fossey Sayan, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Jose Bullet Bobam Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit, and Damien Michalese. Thank you all so much. I remember when we first started doing this show, that list was just a couple people. That was a shorter gotten, list, originally. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, thank you all so much that um, that you're throwing money our way to do this uh, so we say stupid things into microphones. Yeah. And, we do uh, it for you. And, and allowed me to purchase uh, Tropical Freeze for my Switch. So yeah! Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, that, that means more content for you, because we'll probably talk about that. That's what I'm, yeah. Content. 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 <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you a little way to make uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on your Switch a more enjoyable game. I want you Don't to imagine it. that at the end of the film point break, <laughs> When the sways goes down in the biggest wave that the world's ever known, Keanu Reeves like, it's the only man I'll ever love. And you just see him disappear. The sways goes down. I want you to picture a Nino Cooney-style scenario where the sways goes down on his board in Australia back in 1991. And when he comes back up, he's Funky Kong. And he gets reborn as Funky Kong. All Doggy Kong Tropical Freeze is about the sways' second chance at life. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, th th that's a much more enjoyable game. It's a better game now. It's an instantaneously better game. It's actually tricky to um, play as Funky Kong. I have to say, the rhythm is like... We'll talk about that in the next episode. 
the rhythm's gonna get you. Yeah. Oh god. It, oh it, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get, uh, yeah. It's tropical freeze, so it's more like feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Come on, everybody, it's bobsled time. Uh, right. you can. Uh, I've also got contest stuff oh, too. Yeah. Oh, who's yeah. Win? So let me do that. Uh, yeah, if you leave us a review on iTunes or you share our um, episodes, uh, tag us on Twitter. Uh, I put you on a list. Uh, it's a good list. Uh, you get to win a free game. It's not a bad list. Uh, so I'm going to click a button here, randomly generate uh, a winner. Let's see. We got uh, Dan Ferno for reviewing us on iTunes. You get a free game. Yay! So uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, at continue pod. Uh, just send uh, follow. Make sure you're following us. Send us a DM and I'll get you a game. I got uh, North American PS4 games and some steam games. So whichever region you're in, I got something for you. So uh, also Hunt Soda uh, is for leaving us a review a couple weeks ago. Uh, you still haven't reached out, so you won. Hit us up, please. I got stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Free games. Uh, I would encourage everybody to uh, do the thing and follow us on Twitter. You go to twitter.com slash continue pod. Dave, where can the folks follow you? Uh, at David Robots on Twitter. That's 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 where I'm hanging out these days. And where? Oh, oh, my work stuff too. <laughs> right. Uh, also, Genie Online, where I write about magic and stuff, and edit people who also write about magic. Susan, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt. You can also find me lurking around Genie Online, and you can find me every week on Pocket Gamer writing about mobile games because someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone's gonna as long as it's not PUBG Mobile. It's not pub. It's not oh my god, there's so on Pocket Gamer. There's like so many guides for that stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. Hey, that's not what that's not what I do on mobile. I I'm the stuff like you know you're on the bus. People people like it. They know? do absolutely. People, people like the the PUBG. Um, okay. You can follow me at a John Agnello on Twitter. Uh, you can read my stuff about video games over at VentureBeat.com. Uh, that interview I mentioned with the head of Eidos Montreal is there. We talk about Deus Ex and Shadow of the Two Reader, and we even talked about the Avengers, the, the Square Enix Avengers game. Uh, oh, the, the very real video game? very real video game. Uh, that I was not aware that Eidos Montreal was working on it with Crystal Dynamics, but they are. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it was really weird when I mentioned it, and I was like, what can you talk about with the Avengers game? I could just hear heavy breathing on the line, and then I realized, <laughs> I realized that Disney's lawyers, just their tab the, immediately opened up. The PR person furiously scribbling uh, on a notepad. Stop uh, it, stop it, stop it, stop it. You can, also, uh, you can also listen to me on another podcast about video game music on vinyl called Video Game Grooves, and that's on Twitter, at VG underscore Grooves. And if you want more talk about role-playing games, I am guest hosting the U.S. Gamer RPG podcast this month. Uh, and I, I host that. Uh, you can go check it out on usgamer.net. That's a lot of things. All right, plugs over. Everybody, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. See you.